Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 261 of At Odds With Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm sleepy again, but I don't have my coffee this time. Oh, said it just like Master Blaster Steel. Yeah, you know me. I'm a I'm an expert on old timey references from wrestling, and it's that, definitely not something I learned a minute before we went on the air. That's right. You were telling me this months ago. <laughs> I actually I, I let between the sheets know that this was a thing, and it became a bit on their show. So I deserve a cut of their Patreon money. Yeah, that's a lot of money too. <laughs> They're doing pretty well. Um, so speaking of Patreon shows, uh, subtle plug there. I recorded. The uh, upcoming Conversations with Joe, which was me and Kevin Ford, a friend of the show, Chikara superfan, talking about Ashes and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, I get all tripped up with the release schedule of stuff. Yes. So you did send that to me. It is scheduled on our Patreon. It will go live on October 6th at noon. So that is... On next Friday. Okay. So. Okay. (laughs) No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the reason is a lot of folks will like we have our loyal patrons who've been with us since day one and people that have joined us since then. But there are people that'll be like, okay, I'm just uh, I'm an Ultramantis fan. I just want to hear the Ultramantis interview. And then like I'm a Hollow Wicked fan. I just want to hear the Hollow Wicked interview. So they'll sign up and they'll cancel at the same time. So I do schedule them so that they go live after the last person canceled, if that makes sense. It does. I'm glad you pulled the curtain back on that, because usually what I like to do is I like to tease who the next guest is going to be. Mm. And I had reached out to uh, my friend Scott, who many would know as uh, Max Smash Master, but also uh, has taken over the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. It's a school that has... A very long pedigree. Obviously, Scott wasn't the trainer there when people like Perry Saturn or Triple H or Sasha Banks trained there. But when Sasha Banks, you know, left World Wrestling Entertainment, she was in the Northeast. That's where she goes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also runs uh, the company Rad Pro Wrestling. And I was working out things with him. And they have a show coming up on the 21st of October. And I'm like, cool, we'll record this weekend because I'm going on vacation in two weeks. And then we could drop it right before the show comes out. But I'm like, shit, that's right. I forgot the schedule of when these things go out. So I know Scott and Rad Pro Wrestling are doing another show in December. So Scott got bumped from... The next guest, which I plug at the end of the Kevin thing, I'm not re-editing it. Hmm. Uh, he's going to be the next next guest. Now I got to figure out someone to put in between uh, for uh, November. Okay, all right. I mean, I, I haven't listened to the Patreon episode with Kevin Ford yet. I figure if I want to ask Kevin Ford something, I'll DM him. But uh, there you uh, go. I'll listen when it goes live because it'll drop into my podcast app and it's just easier that way for me. As I as I look at this here, he may end up being, quote unquote, November uh, because Rad Pros, they have a show on the 21st of October and then they have a show on the 2nd of December. And he probably would want to come on and kind of plug that and push that and that sort of thing. It's a lot of New England, Northeast indie guys doing, like, 90s gimmicks. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, they're they're building something. They're fun shows. They don't stream live. Um, 
but they do uh, go up on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Scott's a good guy. It'll be an interesting conversation. I have a feeling, you know, obviously Kevin's will be much different than everybody else. I like to do different things with st- uh, everyone's uh, conversations, you know? Yeah, different perspectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, when you get it, uh, I'll upload it eventually, and it'll yeah. go to our Patreon. <laughs> but uh, once again, I thank all the folks who subscribe to our Patreon. I did just upload a new episode of Vintage at Odds. Get one of those out at least once a month. Might be at the beginning of the month, might be at the end of the month. No guarantees on that. It's just whenever I get around to it. But, hey, it's bonus content. And I will say this. I- I'm going to pencil in other Patreon content. Um what the hell is it? Um, so I was going to clean myself up so I looked presentable when I was at the LVAC show, but I got COVID, so I didn't go, so I didn't clean myself up, so I still look even more haggard than I did before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my brother and his family are coming in next weekend, and they're looking to shoot some sort of like group family photo with like us and all the kids and everything, since everyone's going to be together, like everyone, everyone's going to be together. Okay. So I am probably going to be shaving in the next week. So like literally the day before I shave, I'm probably going to send you whatever the next selfie of the month is to really <laughs> get like the haggardness of how I look. Uh, I thought you were going to say you were going to save the clippings and we would mail them to patrons. We could. It'll be a lot. Like <laughs> I, there's like what I'm going to trim off my beard because I, ne- I never shaved the beard off completely, but I am unruly as fuck. I look horrendous. Mm hmm. I, I actually, at, at 43 years old, and I know you're shocked that I'm that mm. old, I look like I'm in my 20s, but I finally bought product for my beard for the first time ever. Because, yeah. like, I'm, I'm growing it out, you know, because it's the winter time, and I and why not? But, like, my beard gets so curly that it I get sick of it, and I shave it all off. So I bought, like, that. I didn't buy, like, the Broski brand or the Myers brand that they were advertising. But I just bought over-the-counter, you know, non-prescription strength, like, beard gel. And uh, I use I use soap. Yeah. Like, you know, the regular hand soap. Uh-huh. And then, like, whatever I like, like, the shampoo that I have, if it's yeah. good enough for the hair on the top of my head, like, why is it not good enough for the hair on my face, right? Well, it's good enough for cleaning it, but this is for, like, styling and contouring it, Joe. Adam, <laughs> get what? the hell out of Styling and contouring. Okay, all right. The first rule of having a nice beard is that it's, like, well-kept and smells nice. See, that? Oh, uh, so that's the thing. A nice beard? Sure. I have a beard. Uh-huh. It is what it is. <laughs> Take it or leave it. That's right. Most people leave it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Well, uh, any update? Do you want to trash talk me anymore regarding your pigskin pick'em standings? Yeah, sure. Let's. Um, so I didn't. I don't know if I updated it here. Um, I know there's a game going on as we record, uh, but I always like to to rub it in because is it you? Uh, I know Todd will like to point out like, oh well, you know, Joe, you're in third, but you're tied with four people for third, so technically you're sixth place, which I'll take. But then you're tied with four people for seventh, which mm-hmm. technically makes you eighth. <laughs> so you're getting closer to me. I'm still tied for third, but there's more people tied for third. I'm still beating you. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I hear your Steelers won this week, but I, I heard it was um, they outcheated the most cheatinous team in NFL history. So. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, so much to unpack there. So I do, unlike Todd, who somehow like spins these things to, to go in his favor, I am a realist. I don't exaggerate when it comes to sports show. I call it right down the middle. And uh, I believe you are actually in third and not know like, oh, you're like six because there's other people tied or whatever. So you are a legitimate third. And I was actually tied with you going into one of the Monday night games, but I made a boneheaded decision and picked the Rams over the Bungles, so I screwed that up. But I will pass you out this week. Mark my words. All right. I'll, 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 we'll see how that works out for you. Yeah, and before you get on to that, like, as you said, yes, the Steelers did beat the Ravens. They are in, or not the Ravens, the Raiders. They are in sole possession of first place in their division, led by Kenny, by God, Pickett, the newest member of my fantasy football team, which is also in first place. 3-0 and after I just destroyed Ronald Two Legs, a.k.a. Ronald One and Two Legs. Uh, <laughs> it's been a good week in sports for me. Uh, everything's up, everything's coming up Millhouse this week. I, I always, you know, I, I always want to, like, ask what's going on with you guys yeah. um, with the fantasy football. But, like, you and Pat, a.k.a. Ronald Two Legs, were having one on social media this week. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to stay out of this. <laughs> See, here's the thing. He's been all week saying that he did not lose and that he's undefeated and he's the king of fantasy football. I I honestly, I don't know why he will not accept a loss with grace and humility like I would if I lost at something ever. Uh, I just think that if you go around saying that you're the best at something and you're undefeated, that's like that's kind of a Bush League look. And I don't I don't condone that. All right. I think that's a good enough spot to start the actual show. How about that? Yeah, we'll do that. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. Everything sounded okay? Hey, it all sounded all right. All right. We had some issues last week that I'm addressing. Uh, So, hey, uh, This Day in Wrestling History, Adam, in 1985... I know you're going to say that's before the world of professional wrestling happened. Uh, However, I would be remiss not to mention that on this day, uh, AWA Super Clash took place. Uh, This was their answer, their response to WrestleMania. Um, It's kind of, sort of, a joint show with the NWA because there's a bunch of NWA presence on the show. Um, but again, a lot of interesting matches on here, a lot of interesting names on here. Um, you know, stuff like the, the tag team of Larry Zabisco, Nick Bockwinkle and Crippler Ray Stevens taking on Kurt Henning, Scott Hall and Greg Gagne. Uh, You mother (laughs) effing son of a B. (laughs) Motherfucking son of a B. Oh, there you go. Uh, Road Warriors versus the Freebirds and Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. Uh, you know, Sergeant Slaughter versus Boris Zukov, uh, Ric Flair versus Magnum TA for the NWA title, and Rick Martel versus Stan Hansen for the AWA title. Uh, again, there it, the, and the show drew well. Um, you know, everyone you know thinks and history would kind of bear out that you know WWE mortgaged everything for WrestleMania to be a success, and if it wasn't, then Vince would be homeless and penniless the next day. Mm. Luckily, it wasn't. But luckily, WrestleMania was so successful that all the other territories closed down the next day, which is also not true. Mm. But the problem is a lot of these companies, they decided, you know, they all wanted to 
do the national expansion like Vince. If AWA just stayed in, um, you know, the Twin Cities, Minnesota area, you know, um, Chicago, Michigan, you know, that area, like the Midwest. Yeah. If the NWA just stayed in the Carolinas down to Georgia and, you know, Bill Watts stayed in Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, they all could have just stayed there and been successful. But they were all like, well, Vince is being national that we're going to have to be national and that's what ends up really killing these companies they've good they made a go for it it's like when you're playing risk you just got to fortify you know uh, what is it australia just make sure nobody can come in you can you control your territory and then maybe take shots at the countries around you you don't have to take over the whole map you know mm-hmm. yeah i i love that era of like that that old you know era of the the wrestling stuff you know um just seeing everything kind of sadly fall apart mm-hmm. but through no fault of their own you know WWE didn't have the stranglehold that everyone thinks that they did you know they were still running buildings like they would run mini they would run minneapolis and they would you know pay whoever awa wasn't using and they would run like hogan and mean gene as a tag team against mr fuji and george Steele, right huh. and they'd barely break like eight thousand in a fifteen thousand seat building you know yeah, and then then people went on Twitter and showed pictures of the empty arena and made fun of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but this is actually a huge head-to-head week 25 years ago for Nitro and Raw, right? Okay, do you have clips? I got a lot of clips, okay? And I'm not really sure how to tackle them and handle them, okay? I'm actually going to start with yet another huge failure in the world of WCW. And I know you're going to be surprised by a failure in the world of WCW, right? This must be their first. So in conjunction with, um, the Hogan feuding with the ultimate warrior, they do a T a one night TV angle throughout the course of the show to set up the first ever Bret Hart versus Hulk Hogan match. Right. Mm hmm. Brett previously was not officially part of the NWO. He was Hollywood's recruiter for the NWO. Dissension started to build between Hogan and Bret Hart, uh, starting at War Games. And it leads to this match happening as the main event of Nitro this week. Okay. It's thinking. (laughs) Did you pay your internet bill? I did. Uh, now you broke. You broke X. You were the one to do it. <laughs> I'll put Monday, September 28th. Consider all the World Heavyweight Championship reigns between these two men. And you know that this is a moment that Bret the Hitman Hart has played and replayed over and over in his mind throughout the years. Well, that fantasy of finally meeting Hollywood Hogan finally becomes a reality here on Nitro. People in ECW shirts of the crowd holding up Steve Austin cardboard cutouts. But Hart has to set the power. And now we're watching Bret... Oh, what is this? Is that Nightheart? I can't tell. No, no this is... So... Oh, yeah, brother! 
So this is picture in picture of earlier in the night. While the match is going on, they're showing footage of Brett being stretchered out. Yeah, they got him. Doctors in the house. And Bret Hart, helpless now. But he's in the ring. Right. So production snafus first. Right? Yeah. NWO, NWO black and white just dismantling the wolf pack. You want some too? They unhooked him. They told him to get up. Red Hart seems to be going back to the ring. Oh, that's right. Because in this clip, what ends up happening is Brett got injured during the match. I don't know why it's not in this clip. Brett got injured in this match, gets taken out, and Sting takes his place in the match. So now we're getting Hogan versus Sting. Okay. Very confused. Right. Again, it's not going to get much better. Lipping back in the building. Here he comes. He just walked right by the announcer set. Somebody with a sign that said "Other Channel Jackass." There you go. He wants Hogan. You know what they're doing? You watch out, big Jumpman. And of course, as always, Hogan just manhandling Sting. The one the black realize exactly how much garbage is starting to get thrown into the ring. They they feel the screw job coming, right? Yeah. And it's Wolfpack Sting too. Ringside, got him hooked. Scorpion deathlock. Red Hart carrying Sting on. He's got him. Oh come on! Are you telling me it was all a setup and all fake this whole time? He was just beaten up by the wolf or by the NWO. Adam, none of this shit made any sense. <sighs> but NW. it's not to say that there wasn't stuff on the other channel that didn't make sense either. Okay. Okay. Now again, we're gonna bounce back and forth. We're, we're it's the night after, fully loaded. Um, in our B story angles, I don't know, and we're gonna get into some discussion here. Uh, it's a four-person elimination match. For the European title. Uh, it's Edge. It's... Um, who the hell else is in this match? Uh, it's Edge. It's Draws. Um, it's Mark Marrow. It's D'Lo Brown. Okay? DeLorean. Okay. D'Lo! It's right in Merrill's face here. Dealer with the rare blue undershirt with the uh, chest protector. Yeah, I've never seen that before. That's Merrill right off the top rope. It's going for the cover. That should be it. For this low down, missed edge, but he got Merrill. And he don't even care. Ah, it's a great drop kick. Now watch this. This is for the... Eliminates Merrill. And look, again, look at Edge. Watch. Body to that's a big, that's a big some bitch to be doing like a no hands over the top rope dive like that, right? Yeah. Cleared the top rope Brown. Was Draws eliminated by this point? I assume. Draws eliminated. Oh, what's this? That's Gangrel back. Oh, who's that? That kid. I don't know who that person is, but uh, I don't think he likes dead parents. <laughs> okay, so we all know. So this person debuted last night, 
And they do a much better job here on the pay-per-view of shooting around his face, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this was a huge internet rumor that still has not been officially debunked as of this day 25 years ago. Do you recall what the original storyline was supposed to be? I don't. I just know that they were, like, in my mind, introduced as brothers. But I don't remember the dissension that's being led from this clip. So, initially, the rumor online was that Christian is Edge from the past. Was Quack writing for them back then? Exactly. (laughs) and it was something to do with the vampirism stuff of gangrel and all this other nonsense and again it was never like i think it was just people thinking that online and then it ends up and we'll get there that edge you know who's like "Eh, a hot like low b card baby face they just end up turning them heel and they put the three of them together and then then they end up putting them all in the ministry of darkness right Mm -hmm. but there was rumor that like Edge and Christian are the same person from different times. Then, of course, like it becomes that they're brothers. And then, of course, they're no longer brothers anymore. Yeah, um, I've never heard that before. I've never heard the rumor. You know, I I was on like the, you know, I was on the AOL chat rooms. I I hear things, but I didn't Mm -hmm. hear that. Now, I will say it is another week. So it is another week of the new hot talent coming to the World Wrestling Entertainment. Ooh, all right, play it. You're looking at 106,000 pounds of raw, unbridled energy. Only a machine this powerful can tame the rugged earth. Only a man this rugged can tame the machine. Some men move furniture. This man moves mountains. He's Stephen Regal, a real man's man. Oh, I'm so excited. I love those. <laughs> I think we're still at least another six weeks of vignettes. <laughs> Maybe. Um, there's at least two more that I remember. Like, I didn't remember this one of him using a backhoe, right? No, I don't remember that at all. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> now, again, I mentioned there's a big head-to-head night, Nitro vs. Raw. Um we have, Adam, I would say, nay, two of the most not iconic moments of the Monday Night Wars, but two of the most iconic moments in wrestling period happened on the same night 25 years ago. All right, that's high praise. Let's see it. Now, one of them is a part of a much longer segment, okay? This was kind of the beginning of your long openings of raw to set up everything that's going on so as i mentioned last night was the pay-per-view it was austin versus taker versus kane uh supposed to be a triple threat match but it's set up that undertaker can't pin kane and kane can't pin undertaker collusion are they working together and if you remember the finish of this kane and undertaker like double choke slam austin and they both have a hand on him as the referee counts three So Austin loses, but now who's the champion, right? Okay. So Vince, in a long promo, sets it up that it's going to be at the next pay-per-view to see who the champion is. It's going to be Undertaker versus Kane with Austin as the referee. But if he physically gets involved and costs either man the the match 
or gets physically involved in any way, he's fired. Okay. Okay, so Vince sets all of this up. Big presentation. Tons of people in the ring. Kane was a mind game for everybody. You think McMahon's got enough security around There's him? There's no question. Undertaker. Oh, just real quick. Uh, as we see here, this is the last time that they show that version of the WWE title, what's lovingly referred to as the Winged Eagle title. This is the last time it's on TV. All right, they're switching to the blue bowl, uh, the blue globe. Well, they already did. To be okay. The WWF. But for this presentation, they have this title. The two of you, single-handedly, covered Stone Cold Steve Austin for the championship. The two of you who have had tremendous... Oh, what is this? Between the two of you. Wait, Austin! The two of you have gone Poor lighting rig. Bumps the ring, moves the ring like six inches, hitting it. They throw in the bopping bag, the punch and balloon thing. I ain't through with you, not yet by a long shot. Yeah, cops are taking him out. I'm, I'm shocked Mark from Texas didn't help the cops out there. To the new champion, we still don't know who that's going to be. Austin crashed the party with a Zamboni machine. That's going to be safe from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Easy that button. All right, all right. Austin, right. Austin, Austin, I've done it before. I've done it before. Get him out of jail. All right. Take Take his ass to jail. You go to jail, you son of a bitch. All right, hold him there. You go to jail. Folks, our audio problems, we understand, are corrected. Mr. McMahon just apologized for his language. Slam the door on him. Oh, come on, Vince. All right. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Yeah, bring him. Yeah, let him fight you. He's a head clap. It's such an asshole. I love it. Well, Austin's going to jail. Why can't Vince do a proper middle finger? Like, I don't know. Hold the other fingers in all the way. Oh, what do you think? You think he's got friends down at the down at the pokey? Too many horse steroids, I'd say. There's Austin fans all over the world. I'm sure Austin will learn his lesson this time. Behind bars. Now Vince goes out later. Um, he gets in the face of Undertaker and Kane. They beat him up, and they do a deal where they like, uh, you know, pilmanize him, pilmanize his leg, but they do it with the ring steps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to tip my hand for next week, 
Um, Vince unfortunately has to go to the hospital to get oh. his leg worked on next Uh-oh. week's Raw. I hope, like, if he has to go to the bathroom, there's, like, a bedpan nearby. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope somebody cheers him up, you know, because sometimes you're down when you're in the hospital. Right, so get ready for, like, we're, we're going to be playing, like, that whole thing next week, right? Excellent. Now, as iconic as that moment was, there was another moment just as iconic over on Nitro. If not more. Well, you be the judge of that, Adam. All right. The man is just a proud parent, that's all, Tony. Like many of us are, and uh, if anybody know how, knows how to hit below the belt, it's Eric Bischoff. He's the master of that brain. You know, if you don't think he has oh. power, you're fooling yourself. Bischoff is out. Very. He's the most powerful man in this industry today. Now, just as a side note, two weeks ago at Fall Brawl, they did the gimmick. The clip didn't make it online, or I would have played it, um, where Jericho challenges Goldberg to come out. Okay. And the fake Goldberg comes out, and Jericho beats him. Was that Gilbert or is that my... No, that okay, was just some, like, man. skinny, bald-headed guy, right? Oh, okay. That's, a, that's the Mandalorian effect, huh? So Jericho's currently one. He has the shirt against Goldberg Zero, and tonight he's going to make it two to Goldberg Zero. Hey, there, there's no question. There's no denying that. And we saw just an example of his power a few moments ago. Tonight, still to come, it's going to be Hollywood Hogan Is that who I think it is? I think that may be the, the little man that that Jericho used at Fall Brawl pretending to be Goldberg. And that's why Jericho said Jericho won Goldberg nothing. That's why he's got it on that, uh, that t-shirt of his. Well, there's a Goldberg and a half. Hmm. And guess what? Jericho and his, uh, his crew, uh-oh, I, realization has sunk in. <laughs> Sends oh, the beans in. So much for security. Ralphus got out of there too. Ralphus <laughs> is okay, unless you were worried. I was. Those are the working uh, Jared Hollicks right there. <laughs> took the bump. He don't care who you are. There's bodies everywhere. Courtesy of Goldberg. We talked about him being a proud world heavyweight champion. Goldberg has just answered Chris Jericho. Where is Jericho? Jericho has run away. Far away. Maybe to Syracuse. Who knows? Goldberg's in the house. Now, I'm sure this is going to pay off to, like, a big program with Jericho and Goldberg. Maybe a pay-per-view match. Yeah, Yeah, sure, right? And we'll track it here as it goes along, you know? Yeah, and I mean, probably not just one, you know, because you figure... You know, Jericho's not going to lose clean in the first one. There's going to be some kind of schmas. It's going to lead to a rematch. Maybe Jericho wins the next one under, like, some kind of chicanery. And then, obviously, Goldberg will win the, the third one, the rubber match. Right, exactly. Looking forward to that three-month build of that storyline. Absolutely. So, again, that's what I got on clips. But, again, the Zamboni thing with Austin, the, the Jericho stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday Night Wars are heating back up again. You know, WWE's trying, but... 
I don't have the ratings right here in front of me, but I'm going to guess that they did win for the night with the uh, Hogan Bret Hart fake out, you know? Yeah. Oh, to give that match, well, they didn't give anything away, but like to have to make no money off of the potential of a Hulk Hogan versus Bret Hart match is just right. hilarious. And apparently they're going to address it on Bischoff's podcast next week. Um, you know, Brett is and has been very vocal still to this day of the way that he was mismanaged um, in WCW and Bischoff has just kind of hand waved it. And uh, apparently, like, this specific decision is going to be addressed on Bischoff's podcast this week. Not that they need me mention it. Not that I'm going to listen. I'm sure a clip will make the rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll try to get some context on the clip. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. Report back to me. I will. So, Adam, what would you like to discuss from this last week in the world of professional wrestling? Um, I'm going to go first, if that's cool. Um, yeah, this time but... I'll let you go first. That's fine. All right. I appreciate it. Um. I have to talk about it because, Joe, I am sufficiently sports entertained with the continuing storyline of the Brochachos for Life, Adam Cole and MJF. Uh, If they had just done the little silly little bit of them being on the boat and fishing and Max almost doing a murder on Adam Cole and then thinking better of it only to catch big show Paul white with the hook. I would have been happy if that was all we got, but we did get some in ring stuff where they basically said that MGF will be defending the ring of honor titles on his own against the bargain basement, dark order. And then of course we have Roddy come out saying my favorite thing in the world, Adam, Adam. And that, like, for obviously myself and many other people on the internet said they need to have Roderick take Adam Cole's place if Adam Cole is actually hurt. I don't know. But, like, that right there is a potential storyline. And then you have, once Cole leaves, you have Switchblade come out, and you have Switchblade in a promo battle with MJF. And it's like, oh, holy shit, they're... You know, Switchblade's not going to win, but you have him in the main event world title picture, and that's cool for him. That's cool for all the gun club, the the, the bullet club. And so I'm happy about that. But, Joe, I love a good mystery. I like a good whodunit. Dynamite goes off the air with the air quote, the devil and his goons attacking Switchblade. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, it's MGF showing that he's still, like, super spooky and evil. But obviously, the narrative online is, was that MGF? Was that somebody else pretending to be him? Was that the kingdom under the masks? Was it somebody else? And, like, I like the possibilities of all of that. So even if Cole misses time in the ring, there's so many things that they can do to keep this cinema going, Joe. So I'm enjoying it because I don't know where it's going. Yep. Um, I, I'm not cultured enough. I've never seen the Sopranos. So I didn't pick up that. That's what the stuff on the boat was supposed to be a reference to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's vague. I mean, I just assumed it like there's many other things other than the Sopranos where somebody gets whacked on a boat. I mean, I'm pretty sure it happens in Godfather too. Well, I think it was, you know, Tony Khan is a very publicly like Sopranos is his favorite TV show of all time. Okay. Um, now we get a lot of questions. I like them putting switchblade into a situation where he's, you know, obviously where he's going to be somewhere in line for a shot at MJF. Right. Yeah. 
Um, you know, obviously the way that things were looking on collision that he was going to be gifted with a program to work Phil in the fake belt. But here now, you know, plans change and things have to get shuffled around. Um, and then, of course, you get the other mystery of who attacked Switchblade backstage. Now, I, I could tell you that it under the under the masks it was definitely the kingdom and it was definitely roddy okay mm-hmm. but in storyline was it them you yeah, know what i mean they could, they could have it be anybody it could right, be because you could, you could just have it be anyone now we're definitely supposed to believe that that's mjf with the the devil mask but that person didn't look physically like mjf and there's a lot of theories out there of who that person is okay mm-hmm um, and also there's a lot of theories out there that the, um, the Adam Cole injury isn't as bad as they're making it out to be, even though Britt Baker tweeted out pictures of a swollen ankle and, you know, uh, an X-ray and things of that nature. Now, listen, I was a person who was immediately there to call Teddy Hart on his fake injury at the AIW show. <laughs> <laughs> and I said I wanted a picture of his ankle with today's paper next to it and him in the shot. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like the person who uh, they have a picture of what kind of sort of looks like their car with a flat tire so they could send it to their boss when they're running late and say, hey, I got a flat tire. I'm going to be late today. But it's just because they're dicking around or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Is Adam Cole in the picture with that ankle? Is that from, like, another time where Adam Cole got injured? You know? Mm-hmm. So I like that there's some interesting twists and turns that are going on here. I don't think we're going to get Roddy in the match. I think the moments do Roddy in the match would have been on TV this past week, but we still got two more TVs before the pay-per-view this week with Collision being live. Um, I still think it's going to be MJF uh going one against two on, on uh the right what are they what are they, what's the the righteous the righteous yeah uh, dutch from team tremendous and vincent marseglia the uh guy who does like a painter gimmick right <laughs> i've never now, seen him before two weeks ago so i don't know <laughs> so before he became a spooky boy in ring of honor mm-hmm. uh Dutch, the big one, was a part of a cop tag team with Dan Barry. Okay. And uh, Vincent was a New England uh, indie worker whose gimmick was that he was like an an artist, like a literal artist where he had like brushes and shit. (laughs) Do you have a a, a smock with all the brushes hanging out of it? No, he had like, like what's the, like the, the, the board, like the, the wood that they hold that has like all the paints on it and stuff, you know, with the brush. Oh, it was like a, like a palette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that's and that's funny too because he came from the same school that Tommaso Ciampa came from, and Tommaso Ciampa's original gimmick on the Indies was Tommy Penmanship, <laughs> <laughs> and they right, came from it. the same school. So it's like one of those things where like their trainers like, oh, you know, you have nice handwriting, or like, oh, you paint, right? That's your gimmick, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so no matter what Vincent does, he'll always be Vinnie Marseglia the painter to me, right? <laughs> Okay, but I, I think a lot of people's prevailing wisdom is is that the masked folks that attack Switchblade backstage are going to get involved in this match at the pay per view. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where it's going. Like I could yeah. sit here and speculate and fantasy book this until I'm blue in the face, 
Or I can just kind of like sit back and like, that's not my favorite storyline on the show. My favorite storyline is Daniel Bryan punching people in the face. Well, that's not really a storyline. That's just, that's a spectacle. Yeah, you know. Spectacle, yeah. Uh, what, did, what did Mike from Virtual Pro say? Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be the battle of the uh, guys in white panties that grapple this weekend. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know I'm pretty excited for that match. You know, yeah. I'm I'm not a grapple fuck guy, but when you have the two best guys in the world doing it, I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it, you know? Yeah, I'm sure Danielson can drag a good match out of Sabre. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. All right. What do you got, Joe? Uh, so, again, it was a light week for, like, stuff like this. Um, but I'm going to uh, recommend to you uh, and Adam and you, the listeners of this show, to watch the main event of Monday Night Raw from this past week. Of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn taking on Finn Balor and Damian Priest for the Unified World Tag Team Championships. Wait a minute. You're telling me that Judgment Day was in the main event of a WWE show? Yeah. Inconceivable. But yeah. go ahead. So it's, it's like a, it's a sprint. It's a chaotic match. Tons of people are getting involved. And like it definitely feels like it's setting up the pieces for Survivor Series slash a War Games match with, mm-hmm. like, the eight people involved. But the match itself was really good, and, like, I, I know people are like, oh, Judgment Day in the main event of things, but, like, there's something about, like, th- these four together brought, like, an intensity and, I would never say a realism, but just something a little different that I haven't seen in a match in WWE in quite some time. Like, a, a lot of WWE stuff feels like a performance, for better or for worse, but this felt like chaos, which you don't see on WWE TV very often. Who uh, are the uh, the other two baby faces in that potential war games? Because I don't watch, so I'm not sure. Is it, is it Cody or? Cody and Jey Uso. Uh, okay, yeah, he's off doing his own thing. Right. And would they have Ripley in that, or is there no. another heel? It's, um, it's Dom, of course, and then it's J.D. McDonough the former Jordan Devlin of NXT. He's the guy with the big head. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what you mean. <laughs> He's been like trying to like join the judgment day for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, now I don't want to give away the finish. Okay. But the whole match is up on WWE's YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in full. And typically they only do stuff like that when it's like something important like this, where like a lot of times they'll just do clips or they'll just put the finish, but like the whole match is up there. It's like 17 minutes, bell to bell, right? Um, an interesting thing, because I, I, I happen to be watching it live as it happened Monday night, but then I rewatched it and there's an interesting thing that maybe I never picked up on, on clips of WWE, uh, stuff recently. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the finish comes, Sammy hits the Huluva kick on, uh, Priest in the corner and he's there. Like, you know, when Sammy hits it, he's like, he's got the leg up and he's kind of like selling like milk into the crowd. Yep. He's there, and McDonough comes up, and, like, he jumps up on the apron, and he hits Sammy with the belt, okay? But when he hits Sammy with the belt on the YouTube version, they keep the audio playing, but they kind of drop out the physical contact between Sammy's head and the belt. They don't want you to see the the, the hit? (laughs) It's too violent? Like, they pause the video, the audio keeps going... Like, oh, look at that devastating shot with the the title, and then he's there selling. And then even when they show the replay later on on the same YouTube clip, they do the same thing where 
on the YouTube after the fact, they won't show the belt making contact with Sammy. Now you watched it. Did you watch it initially on like cable or, live. In, or like, yeah. live? Did he whiff on the, the contact? No. He's covering it. No, no. Hmm, that's weird. It's Maybe weird. there's some, I know there is, there are monetization rules for YouTube Ugh. and it might have something to do with like hitting somebody with something like, you know, in the head with a piece of metal, like it could demonetize the video. Like I, I I'm just spitballing, you know, that's the only thing I can think of, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was just weird. It stuck out like a sore thumb to me, you know? Yeah. All right. I mean, you tell me JD McDonough's in the like the main event picture of Monday Night Raw. You're not really selling it to me. Uh, listen, it's the other seven people, right? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure The Rock was on Raw, right? Like, no, The Rock was not on Monday Night Raw. No. Oh, I mean, he'll be back next week, right? To continue whatever storyline he's building towards. I think you probably won't see The Rock again until maybe the TV after Survivor Series. Aww. Especially now, or or maybe not at all, since the uh, the Writers Guild strike is over. <laughs> yeah, I saw a great meme. It was of uh, John Cena and The Rock dissolving like Thanos' snap because they got the strike over with. You know, Oh, it's a shame. But all right, my last thing, Joe, and I swear I watched things other than Dynamite, but this is also from Di- uh, like AEW. Um, I don't like the fact that Christian won the TNT title. I love Aww. Christian. I love Christian, but I loved him claiming to be the TNT champion way more than him actually being the TNT champion. And this is twofold. One, because that's very funny is him just constantly saying that he's the champion and the whole, all the silly little bits that he was doing. But the thing that I hate most about this is the tease of Luchasaurus starting to smarten up. And it's not that I'm like, oh man, I really want Luchasaurus to stay healed because I care about him. I don't. But if he does smarten up and start getting angry at Christian, eventually you're going to have the Christian versus Luchasaurus feud. And then there is a world out there. I don't want to be part of this world, but there's a world where Luchasaurus beats Christian. And I don't want any part of any of that. I want to go back to the status quo of Christian just carrying around Luchasaurus's belt and doing silly things with it, because that's the best timeline. Uh, well, I agree, but I do like that in his promos, Christian acts like he's been the champion the whole time. Yeah, no, he's still, still got a twist on the old, you know, the, what he was doing. So I like that. They're trying with Luchasaurus. I don't know why, cause I'll never care about him. Yeah. I mean, why? <sighs> no, nah, I get it. I, I mean, I am not going to sit here and try to put a cap on what somebody thinks their potential is, yada, yada. But if you've got a position where you're just the silent heater for one of the most entertaining professional wrestlers of the last 30 years, why not just embrace it? Just keep being that guy. That's, that's like the, in his corner, got his back, whatever. I don't know. I don't know why either, Adam. I I wish I could tell you, you know, Mm -hmm. but Oh well, at least uh, at least Christian knows uh, Nick Wayne's mom's like screen name is going to shoot her a DM, make sure she's at the pay per view. <laughs> and it, yeah, well, again, we'll we'll get there when we get there, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Do you have anything else? I do, as a matter of fact. So when things are down, when you see a match graphic come up, and there's not a lot of matches announced, and you don't know what's going to happen on Dynamite, as Adam mentioned, there's only one man that you can count on. There's only one man that you can call to the bullpen. And he could have a fantastic match to open the show, get the crowd pumped with no matter who it is, from the top of the card to the bottom of the card, no matter what sort of style they wrestle. And uh, who better than to let him tell you all that himself? And I think it'll be a great match. Tony Khan, you know exactly who's going to accept that challenge. And you're looking at him, the last outlaw, Jeff Jarrett. You want a qualified challenger? Is that what you want? Well, you're looking at a two-time Hall of Famer. I've won over 85 championships in my career. The last one I won was on your dynamite, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> Death Match champion you're looking at. So next week, Tony, get your contract all ready. Get it all printed up. Find me a challenger tonight because tonight... I'm taking Phoenix to Lucha School. I've been a champion in his home country. I've forgotten more Lucha Libre than he'll ever know. So, Tony Khan, get ready. Because next week on the four-year anniversary, you, my friend, are going to be looking at the new international champion. Now, listen. Say what you will about Double J. And unless you're saying he's the best, you're wrong. Okay? (laughs) He's an old man. He's almost 60. Right? He's been wrestling at this point over 35 years. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, man, when it's clutch and it's time, he goes out there. He ain't giving you a five-star match, but he is giving you an entertaining match with lots of moving pieces. And I think Tom Green, friend of the show, listener of the show, he had tweeted this out. There's so many guys that are his age and even younger than him. When they have these matches with these younger talents, it looks like either the the guy, the, the, the guy in the Jarrett spot either looks like shit or the guy that he's wrestling, the younger guy, has to like slow and dumb down all of his stuff. Yeah. There was none of that in this match. And listen, I don't like Phoenix. Okay. I still hold a grudge of him stiffing John Thorne on a goddamn plane ticket. He's not welcome <laughs> in the Cleveland territory. I'll have you know still to this day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was a different time, Thorne would have given Double J the buzz like uh, Vern Gagne did to the Iron Sheik to try to break uh, <laughs> Phoenix's leg. But it was a fun match. It was an entertaining match. Like I said, it was. you have to feel as though this match was thrown together at the last minute. You've got J- uh, Sanjay Dunn involved. you got Karen involved. you got Sotnam involved. you got uh, Jerkoff on the outside, the scumbag uh, who stole the belt from the wrestling club at PSU. Abrahantes, you got Ray Phoenix involved, but and it was a fun match, and the crowd was super into it, and people are one way and the other. There was people that were saying, like, this was the best Dynamite ever. Other people that were saying that this Dynamite sucked. I'm kind of in between everyone else, but I love this match. And listen, do I have blinders for Double J? Absolutely. <laughs> but even if you're a Double J hater, I can't imagine you watch this match and think that Jeff didn't carry, like, a bunch of the load of keeping this match together. Oh, I definitely agree. Like, and everything you said about it doesn't look like he's out of place, where it's like, why is this old man in the ring? You know, it's a different style. He's not out there doing flippy kicks with Phoenix, but it's a completely serviceable match. And I, 
I am in the Joe Sposto camp where I could make the argument since Fenix's title win probably wasn't supposed to happen in the first place. I, I can make a, a good case to say that Jarrett should have won that belt there. Hot potato it for a couple weeks. You know, you don't have to have these 200 plus day reigns for every single title reign, especially one that you didn't really plan to have in the first place. I think it would be awesome to have Jarrett be a two-time AEW ta- uh, champion, you know, the Texas Deathmatch Championship, and then uh, the TNT belt. But especially with all of the outside interference that he has at his disposal, that would still make Phoenix seem strong. You know, if it's like, oh, Satnam Singh was involved and Sanjay Dutt and Karen Jarrett got the final nail in it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen Jarrett come out of that as the champion, but that's not the way AEW does business. But I am also in the camp where I think, aside from the Cole stuff, which I did love, the MJF stuff, uh, I really didn't like Dynamite last night. Yeah. Uh, again, a lot of people felt that way. Um, I'll just say the fact that we got two Young Bucks matches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I skipped all those four way. Like, uh, here's all the half of the tag partners. And then we're going to have the tag teams wrestle each other in a four way. If it wasn't for Orange Cassidy in those, I would fast forward through every ounce of it. Yeah. And listen, I'm going to watch an Orange Cassidy match. I'm going to watch yeah. a Claudio match, right? Yeah. It's just there's so many people I don't give a shit about that. I was just bored by the whole concept. I get you. I get yeah. you. But I like that. I was I I didn't hate. Uh, Dynamite as much as the people that hated Dynamite did, and I didn't love Dynamite as much as the people that loved Dynamite did. I'm like I'm in the middle this week. I'm still looking forward to the pay-per-view, but that's all I got from this week. How about you? Uh, that's all I have as well, but uh, Joe, speaking of the pay-per-view, did you know there is one this weekend? <laughs> there is! It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring It's Kobe Kingston doing his thing Soho. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the tribal chief? Yard. Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? That's right, Joe. According to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, AEW this Sunday will be holding their tributes. To Antonio Inoki, as you can tell when I, when you go over the card, it is very much inspired by Inoki. AEW Wrestle Dream, and according to Wikipedia, with two more nights of television remaining, Joe, so many more matches can be added. But right now, there are ten announced matches, none of which are on the pre-show. Joe, do you know the card? Maybe. Uh, so ten matches, you say, right? Yep. Okay. So we have our main event, which is uh, Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Which I I would be shocked if it actually went on last, but go ahead. Mm, We'll get into that. Uh, We got MJF uh, 2-on-1 handicap match against the Righteous. Yep. That's two. Uh, We got Swerve Strickland against Hangman Adam Page. That's three. Uh, We have the four-team match. For the number one contenders to the tag titles, which is Best Friends, The Guns, uh, Austin and um, Colton Gunn, uh, The Young Bucks, and OC and Hook. Uh, the Best Friends are not in that match. They're not in that match? Nope. It hang is on, the, hang on. 
It's the Bucks, the Guns. Oh, and, uh, uh, Lucha Brothers. Yeah, Lucha Bros and, and Orange Hook. The best friends were on the same match that was on Rampage this past week. Yeah, it, it, convoluted. I, it, that's why I don't care about it. But right. Uh, you have FTR defending the belts against Aussie Open. Boo, Aussie Open, go back to Australia. Nobody wants you here, but yes. Uh, you got Chris Statlander defended the title against Julia Hart. Yep. And that's six, right? Uh, I took my, I stopped counting on my fingers, but I think you're right. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Katsuhiro Shibata. That is correct. That's seven. Uh, Ricky Starks versus Wheeler Yuta. That's correct. It's eight. There's no Moxley match. Oh, uh, Jericho, Kenny, and Ibushi against um, Takeshita, uh, Will Ospreay, and Sammy Guevara. That's correct. And there's one more match, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's escaping me. I don't know what the tenth match is. <laughs> it is the uh, the younger version of Edge from back in time. Oh, we just talked about this before. Uh, Christian and Darby, two out of three falls for the TNT title. There you go. That's that's all ten. There definitely mm-hmm. won't be any more announced. Nothing else on the the buy in. Right or zero hour or whatever the fuck they call it now. Oh yeah, that's right. They changed it now. You always ask me any predictions, any whatevers, right? Yeah, and you you say Danielson Saber's going to main event this, and uh, I mean I'm not saying it shouldn't, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if they're going to do an angle like maybe MJF versus the Righteous is the main event. I can see Swerve Hangman being the main events, you know. But what well, what are your thoughts as far as why it's Danielson Saber, other than it being a great match? Because it was advertised as the first match on the show, and it was advertised as the main event, and I would say it's probably going to be the best match, right? Um, so, I have a theory of a thing that's going to happen on this show, right? Okay. So, um, Tony Khan has said that this is going to be like the end of an era, and the beginning of a new era, okay? Now, some people are just like, oh, that's just Tony talking, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm I'm pointing at a match. I don't think it's going to be the main event, but there's a chance it could be the main event. And that would be Eddie Kingston versus Shibata. Okay. Now, uh, about six months ago or so, I was told that in the very near future, that Ring of Honor was going to start taping TV at Universal Studios alongside uh, New Japan Strong. Okay. Right? And there were people that were speculating, like, oh, Tony bought New Japan. Okay, I don't think Tony bought New Japan. But I think something's going to happen where, like, whatever New Japan Strong is, it's going to become part of Ring of Honor. So, therefore, like, Ring of Honor is now going to be part of New Japan. Okay. To kind of alleviate some of that from Tony. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, they put all the titles are on like mainline, all the Ring of Honor titles are on mainline contracted 
AEW people, right? Except for Shibata. Shibata is Shibata. Eddie. Who's who's the women's champ? uh, Athena. Okay. Uh, You know, like the Bucks and Hangman just won the six-man titles. Um, uh, Adam Cole and MJF are the Ring of Honor tag champs. Samoan Joe's the TV champ. Shibata's the pure champ. Eddie's the mainline champ, right? Yep. And Eddie's also the strong champ. And he's putting both his belts on the line against Shibata. I think sometime between now and the pay-per-view, we're going to get the phone promo from Shibata where he puts his title on the line as well. I would love for it to be Eddie, but I think this is going to be the beginning of Tony Khan starting to build the Ring of Honor American Triple Crown with those three belts, the ROH world and pure titles with the new japan strong titles and that's how they're going to bridge new japan and new japan strong and ring of honor into being like a a cohesive entity like unifying all the belts something like that right so Mm -hmm. i think that's what tony's referring to now again i could be wrong and it could be whatever the big reveal of the storyline angle is with who was the people that jumped um, Switchblade backstage. But that's where I'm putting my chips on. They're going to do some sort of triple crown thing with Ring of Honor and New Japan. It could just be something silly like, oh, hey, here's Edge or here's here's Sasha or something like I, that. I would, okay, so I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Sasha. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Edge, but I don't think those are those game-changing things in Tony's mind. I, I could make a case that Sasha is. That's like a big get, especially hot on the heels of losing Jade, you know? I guess. Yeah. But, no, I mean, that that seems cool. Like, maybe it would lead to them getting television so they could be on something that I can watch other than the internet, you know? So, I'll say this. If it's Sasha, okay, mm. you need to announce that shit on Collision. You need to have uh, Soraya come out on Collision and say, I'm the women's champion. I should be on the pay-per-view. I don't care who I defend my title against, uh, but I'm wrestling at the pay-per-view. And then whether you show a video or whether you have her come out, when people leave Collision on Saturday, everyone either in the building or watching at home needs to know that Sasha Banks is wrestling on the pay-per-view the next day. You can't yeah. spring the surprise on the pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to sell tickets. You're trying to sell pay-per-views. Like, they have had, in the past, they have been doing all surprises, right? Because, like, Danielson was a surprise. Adam Cole was a surprise. I feel like all of them were, you know, uh, especially the big jumps from WWE. I don't know. Right. I, so Okay, so that's the thing. So that's why I'm saying, like, Edge might be there, but I think Edge is, like, a known surprise. Whereas, like, Danielson was a known surprise. Adam Cole was a known surprise. Like, everyone knew that these guys were coming. Yeah. Um, But I think because Sasha's been out there for so long, you gotta let people know she's on the uh, pay-per-view, like, when the show ends on Saturday. Yeah. No, I agree. From a business perspective, you put some butts in the seats. So any uh, hot takes from you? Any predictions? Any any anything like that? Uh, I mean, nothing really jumps out at me. Like I hope Swerve wins, and I love I love Adam Page, but I want Swerve to get elevated. So I, I hope that no matter what, that he comes out of that super strong. Uh 
I mean, Julie Hart ain't beating Chris Statlander. Um, I agree with you. I hope Eddie Kingston wins all the belts. Nothing yep. against Shibata. But, I mean, there's nothing on here that I'm like, from a storyline perspective, like super pumped for. I'm just excited for like some good wrestling. And obviously, uh, I assume you'll be at soon-to-be-named Network North watching this along with me. For sure. All right, so we'll watch it then. It'll be a nice, a nice breezy, slender read of a six-hour pay-per-view. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But no, I mean, I think it's going to be a good show. I made the joke at the beginning that this was, you know, uh, a show to honor Antonio Inoki. And um, if I'm doing my gazintas here, I, I see like a Japanese wrestler on this show, right? Shibata. Um, well, I mean, Zack Sabre and Osprey, they wrestle in New Japan, so they're kind of talent from them, yeah, but. Uh, no, I don't know. It should be a good show. Uh, maybe it'll stick around when they're doing 12 pay-per-views a year. Maybe this is Wrestle Dream 1, you know? Well, Tony did say um, that they'll probably do another Wrestle Dream. This is like a new pay-per-view on the calendar. But he also said that they're not looking to do 12 pay-per-views a year. Yeah, just 10. Just 10. Right. Now, see, that's the thing. I think they're going to be, like, cute about it and do a pay-per-view, like, once, like, every six to seven weeks. Yeah. So it ends up being, like, nine to ten a year. Um, Hopefully get a little bit more build. But they kind of end up bottlenecking themselves by doing three pay-per-views in less than a month. Yeah, this has been a lot. Like, I'm fine with it, you know? Like, I'm yeah. looking forward to all three of them, but that's, if I was paying, what's a pay-per-view now? 50 bucks, 60 bucks? Something like that. Yeah, like, if I was paying whole cost for these, you know, as opposed to chipping in, uh, man, that'd be a rough, like, at least $150 for, for wrestling, you know? You better like, love wrestling a lot, man. Yeah. I don't love it that much. <laughs> I love it enough to, to drive up to the compound and chip in, but that's about it. Exactly. All right. I think that's it for the pay-per-view, Joe. Yeah. So uh, let's get into oh, uh So Patreon, uh, no homework this week. That is uh, correct. To assign, no new homework, but we will be discussing... Uh, what the hell is the name? And again, it's one of those movies with such a generic title. I feel so bad. It's Hidden, Hidden Target. Hidden Strike. I want. To, I keep going to call it Hidden Target. I don't know why, but Hidden Strike. Uh, that'll be up on the Patreon later on tonight. We'll be discussing that after we record here, right? Yeah, I feel like any like I used to watch a lot of Jet Li movies back in the day when he was super hot in like the early two thousands. And anything that's made in China, the U.S. name for it is picked from the same random name generator as NXT uses. You know, so like it seldom has anything to do with the movie. There were no hidden strikes in this movie. There were none. Exactly. They're all in your face. But yeah, we'll be (laughs) talking about that on Patreon. All right. So let's get into uh, phone calls this week, huh? All right, let's do it. Hi, guys. It's nice to hear what you guys said uh, on the show. I appreciate it. You gave me some things I didn't know. Um, you, you might as well call me TTT. That's what Chandler Biggins always used to call me. Um, you know, the Takara thing does make me sad. I mean, the one hope that I can hold on to is you, know, you say, oh, you don't know what's going on. Ask this person. Ask that person. You know, when you want a record of what criminals did, you go look at the court papers. You know, you go look at the news. 
you know, you want to know what Jeffrey Dahmer did, there's plenty of news stories, uh, you know, with all the grisly details. You don't got to go ask strangers, hey, what happened? And also, I mean, I, I was around for the last great Cleveland wrestling wars in the 2000s. And you know what? I'm not going to repeat any of it, but... Thank you. John and Chandler, the IW side, they said horrible things, personally and professionally, about JT Lightning and others. I mean, stuff that has gotten people shot in real life. But you know what? As soon as it was time to do business together, it's like they forgot every single word. So, you know, I mean, maybe because, like you said, I don't know what you know. But, uh, you know what? I have been thinking of Chandler lately. You got any good Chandler stories? (laughs) I I miss him. He was a great character. Okay, I'm going to be under three minutes this time. You guys have a good show. Thank you. Well, thank you, TTT. So, the car thing, again, I'll tell you. It's out there, right? Within a period of less than three months prior to the pandemic, three of the trainers at the school got outed with real world shit in regards to inappropriate behavior. Um, One in regards to Ophidian that everyone seemingly forgot about. One in regarding Juan Francisco de Coronado, and again, I will say that I consider John a very close friend, and I was very surprised and shocked, and, you know, and I when I looked into the stuff, and it didn't look good for him, and he handled it very poorly, and then Rory Gulak was outed as, like, being into bestiality and child porn, and a tried to flee the country. All this stuff happened... From December of 2019 to February of 2020. So with their three head trainers getting called on the carpet for stuff like this, it was a very bad look for Chikara. And a lot of accusations came out against Mike that he harbored these people and allowed them to be in places of position and knowing that this was going on. Now, that's not even going to further get into... um, more stuff about referee Chris Levine, who's out of the business for similar situations. Uh, this Mark Haggerty guy, who was a ring announcer. Uh, they did a show on IWTV called, like, Wrestling Dicks. I don't know if you remember that. But, like, these were all people that were heavily involved in Chikara. Maybe even involved in investigating information about one or two or three of these cases that I mentioned. While well, they were up to their own shit. So it was just a bad light of all of these people being harbored in Chikar at the same time. And that's why Chikar went away. Yeah, it, it's not like that's super inside information that only you know and you're finally telling people. Like, that's I've heard of most of that, you know? So it's right. not like uh, it shouldn't be a surprise if you're wondering why Chikar went away at this point. Right. And as for uh, Chandler, I mentioned it before in in uh, in, in hindsight there. Um talking about the Adam Cole thing and talking about the Teddy Hart thing mm. um, when Teddy Hart screwed up his ankle when he came and did the one AIW show and he was working everyone if you go and go through the archives her of the uh, AIW podcast 
Um, it was episode 18 of their podcast, right? <laughs> and it is... Wh- what? I was just like, of course. Like, you know that off the top of your head. Well, it, okay, it's... So I'm an old man, I still have an MP3 player, and there's certain podcasts that just live on my MP3 player. Okay. I'll never get rid of. That episode of the AIW podcast, uh, Dave Prezak talking about uh, the backdoor channels that they had for the WCW hotline. Uh, <laughs> Dom on Pod Van Dam talking about Phil Baroni. Oh, and Matt and Matt and Pissed Off Taker on Pod Van Dam. <laughs> That's like that's my Mount Rushmore of podcasts, right? Sports talk didn't make it on there. Sadly, no. You can only have four. I think that was <laughs> number five. Perfect. All right. I'll um, but like just listening to Chandler, and I was in agreement with Chandler during all of this stuff with Teddy Hart. But like Chandler was like he did it with Hollywood makeup and special effects and all of the crazy shit. Um, but Chandler was like a one of a kind character, but that was one of my favorites because it wasn't like I was instigating Chandler in the story. It was the fact that I was in agreement with Chandler, but if I was in agreement at an eight, Chandler was in like believing the story that Teddy Hart was faking the injury. Chandler was like at an 18, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but yes, thank you for your call. Uh, TTT. Is that the guy that uh, designs all the major bendy cards? It is not. Oh, oh, that's TTD. Yes. Okay, my apologies. Uh, Next call, and I think this one's for you, Adam. Oh, Jesus. Hey, yo. It's uh, Ronald Two Legs. Just calling in. uh, Say hey, everyone. You have one to do in. Don't have too much to say this week, uh, but I did want to point out... um, Anything Adam has said prior to this voicemail or anything he says after this voicemail regards to our fantasy football game is more than likely a lie because he's been going around spreading this rumor that he has has won the game when, in fact, uh, I won. Uh, Everyone knows I won. He's photoshopped this image of him uh, with a higher score than me. We all know that's fake. Um, Everyone saw it happen. Everyone in the league knows that I beat Adam, and I'm 3-0, undefeated. Like I said on on the old X dot com Twitter Twitter skis, uh, someone called me the king of fantasy football. Um, but yeah, just wanted to reiterate that anything Adam says before or after this is probably a lie, and I won. Thank you very much. I'm Torino. Thank you. <laughs> well, let me just ask this, and Joe, I'm going to postulate this question to you: If I am lying and Ronald Two Legs beat me, uh, he's currently by my math one and two. So he'd still only be two and one. So he, I don't know who the other person that he lost to was, but he's basically saying that they are liars as well. And why a case can often be made that I might be a liar. Uh, like he's basically saying that like, like DeWiki or Mr. Tim or Marcus or one of those people, whoever it was that he lost to, that they are also a liar. And I feel like that is, probably not believable to to the most of our audience so uh i think uh i need to do you know what i learned this from bex if you do a journalism you gotta do a screen record i'm gonna do a screen record of the espn fantasy football thing and i'm gonna post that and i'm gonna expose ronald one and two legs as the loser that he is just like his cleveland browns he doesn't have no hold on just like Nick Chubb, he doesn't have a leg to stand on in this argument. 
If I knew who Nick Chubb was, that would make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Sorry, a lot of people got mad at that comment just now. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I, I, I will say uh, a lot of those names that you mentioned uh, are truthful and honest people. I noticed how you did not include Todd, DJ, or Brett in that uh, lineup. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Brett and DJ, that was uh, by just a omission. Uh, Todd was on purpose. <laughs> oh, okay. When he li- when he listens to this podcast, Adam, he's going to be very upset. Oh, I know. He's going to be furious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your call, Pat. Next call. Yep. Hey guys, it's Ben. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't call last week. I got drunk with my girlfriend at dinner and I went to thrift stores trying to find the Chris Gaines CD. Update, <laughs> I got one on Saturday when I was sober and it's holographic. Speaking oh, of holographic, unrelated. This question this week is with Halloween coming up, what is your best Halloween costume? And I don't mean, and I don't want to hear like, oh, I'm not a Halloween guy because that is bullshit. You've done <laughs> Halloween at least once, but the best costume you ever did. Thank you. I'll hang up and listen. All right. Can we address the Chris Gaines thing to start with? All right. When I was in college uh, and I worked at Circuit City, which was the precursor to the importer exporter business, there was a Chris Gaines like CD single. Like it was like the first like uh, I don't I was about to say hit, but definitely not. It was the first song released from that that Garth Brooks album. And it was like a dollar. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll buy it for a dollar. We'll check it out. And I played it for somebody that I was seeing at that point, and she loved it. So when the CD came out, I bought the CD, and it played on, like, a loop nonstop in my car for, like, two months. So I've heard way more of Chris Gaines than I think I'll ever want to admit. And I know exactly when he mentioned the holographic version. That's actually, like, a limited edition first print pressing of the cd uh so i might have bought that as a gift for somebody at one point too so uh that's a good version hold on to that if it's sealed but uh joe do you uh before we get to halloween are, were you a chris gaines fan i was aware of chris gaines and garth brooks like i think they did a bit where garth brooks hosted snl and chris yeah. gaines with the musical guest yeah, and it's like Spider-Man emo wig. <laughs> yeah, and like it was a funny bit, but <laughs> I think I um, uh, Garth Brooks does a cover of the Kiss song uh, "Beth." I don't think that's on the CD. No, I don't know if that's on the CD, but I know he does a cover of it, and I think that's the only Garth Brooks song I know. Oh, okay. Do you think if Ed, young Ed, was alive when that came out, like if I feel like he would be a huge Chris Gaines fan, just like like ironically, ironically, yes, yeah, like he'd be like, I hate Garth Brooks, but like Chris Gaines is awesome, guys. Yes. <laughs> um, Halloween costume. Uh, jo- I, I, he just said to not be like, oh, you don't be a big like I'm not a Halloween guy, but. When I was little, and obviously you and I grew up in the era of going and getting, like, the smock. Yeah. You know, the Halloween smock and, like, the, the plastic mask with the super thin razor blade string from around the back of your head. Like, I had those for years. And every year you get a new one, you get, like, Optimus Prime or, you know, G.I. Joe or something like that. And... I don't know if it was like Spencer's gifts or something that was like a precursor to that at the mall. When they'd have, when you get closer to Halloween, they would have the expensive rubber masks behind the counter. Yeah. You follow me on that. So what I think I was like maybe eight or nine or something like this. So 
little bit older and I wanted a werewolf mask. Don't know why. Wasn't like, oh, a big mark for werewolves. But my mom asked, like, oh, how much is it? And it was probably, uh, it was, you know, they were so much more expensive than the, stu- the, the disposable masks and costumes. And my mom's like, oh, that's too expensive. And I was like, I want it. It's awesome. Can I get it? And she's like, all right, if I get you this, this is going to be your Halloween costume for like the next couple years. <laughs> and me as a little kid, I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. I don't care about anything other than right now, <laughs> you know? So she bought me the mask and I wore it for Halloween that year and I loved it. And then the next year when it was time to pick out a Halloween costume, she was like, no, no, no. You, you agreed that that werewolf mask is going to be your mask. And I was like super bummed. And I didn't want to do Halloween that year because I'm like, I'm not doing a stupid werewolf mask. And that was the last time I ever like did a mask, like a, a, a trick or treating as like a kid. Like, and I, I joke that it ruined Halloween for me, but it wasn't until like later on that like I would throw together stupid like outfits and be like, oh, I am a football player because I'm wearing this jersey or something like that. But that ruined Halloween for me. Yeah, I, I again, I'm a little bit older than you, so, you know, got those box costumes where it was the plastic smock with the rubber mask and, yep. you know, th- th- those things. And uh, and then I remember uh, there were a couple years where, like, I'd outgrown those, and then I would try to make my own shit, and yeah. they would never turn out right. Like, I'm going to do Freddy Krueger, and, you know, like, the Freddy Krueger glove was, like, maybe, like, a year before market, so, like, I tried to make my own, and it looked like shit. And Halloween was a very frustrating time for me as a kid because I would always try to do shit. It would never work out. And then you have to explain to people what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, But my best costume, it was, um, you know, it would have been maybe like 99 or 2000. Uh, I went as corporate mankind. I bought the like the rubber mankind mask, but I cut the like mankind mask part out of the mankind mask. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. And I fit because WWE missed a huge opportunity not selling the mask that Mick wore as Mankind. They just wore a rubber Halloween mask. Because, like, if you remember, there was, like, an Undertaker one, an Austin one, a Vince one. Did I say Under- Undertaker, Austin, Vince, yep. and Mankind, right? Mm-hmm. And the Kane mask that they would sell that was, like, just, like, the old school rubber Halloween mask, It was they were too small for my big fat head. Um, so I just fashioned my own mankind mask out of the rubber Halloween mankind mask. And, you know, I got the same tie and the shirt and the everything else like that. Um, and that was one I was very proud of, you know, it was very comfortable and that was my best Halloween costume. And I retired that year. (laughs) I'm trying to think, uh, I'm looking through my phone right now, one year at circuit city, uh, a bunch of us that were wrestling fans all basically did for Halloween where we dressed up as a wrestler and this is probably like 2001, maybe 2000, around there. And one of my buddies was Mankind, as, as to, like you said. But he actually made like a leather mask with like put rivets in it and stuff like that. So he went all out. Uh, somebody was Big Boss Man. Somebody was X-Pac. And you, I don't know if you'd have like 100 guesses if you can guess who I was dressed as. WWE guy? They were all WWE, because this is like, we're coming out of the Attitude Area, WCW is dead, you know? He's come up a bunch of times in the show, let's guess Edge. It was not Edge, it was Billy Gunn. Oh my goodness! (laughs) And I'm trying to find the picture, 
if I can find it, not only will I send it to you, but I'll put it in our Patreon. But I had like a long blonde wig and a DX shirt and all that stuff. So uh, I'll look for it and uh, I will post it in the Patreon. That might be my best costume because that was a that was a fun day. Uh, well, again, it wasn't for Halloween, but I would say BWO Sting was your best costume. How about Ooh, that? Yeah, you got a point there. Yeah. Right. But that was uh, just for day-to-day wear. Yeah, I also masqueraded as Arthur MacArthur for several years. <laughs> well, again, let's let's move on. Again, yeah. I know, uh, Artie's doing well. That's, that's the most important thing, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. All right, next call. Hey there, Joe and Adam. It's Taylor JV here. So just running my mind through who I could ask you all for an update about. And there was a conversation that I was having with somebody and we came to the realization that nobody wants to boo ass. So in light of that, um, I'm wondering what y'all have as recommendations for Rikishi. All right. Thank you. Ooh, Rikishi. All right, Joe, you're up. <laughs> Rikishi was never like a best bout machine guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a pay-per-view, um, cage match that he did with Val Venus when Val Venus was in right to censor. That was way better than it had any right to be. Uh, there's an episode of SmackDown where Rikishi takes on Triple H when Triple H was world champion. Uh, those were really good matches. Um, the six man hell in the cell match where Rikishi takes the big bump off the top of the cage into the back of the truck. Uh, when Kurt was the champion. Okay. And Austin's return from the injury, the match, you know, when it's revealed that Rikishi's the one who hit him with the car. Um, and they have like a crazy brawl at whatever pay-per-view that was where Kurt beat the rock for the world title. Again, not great matches, but those are very memorable moments for a guy who maybe didn't have like a top tier singles career, but he was always like right around that top of the card sort of thing, you know? Yeah. All right. And uh, uh, other JB, I hope your uh, suspension is going well. I hope you're taking care of yourself. There's rumor and speculation that uh, other JB was one of the people uh, under the masks of uh, the goons that took out a uh, switchblade. Oh, all right. All right. Maybe that is why they're wondering about Rikishi, because Rikishi obviously was the mystery person behind the Austin hit and run. So maybe they're doing research on this attack on Switchblade. They need to ask Billy Gunn, getting it back to you with your Halloween costume, because that's who they initially (laughs) thought it was supposed to be. Yep. And I just found the picture. Joe, open your phone. I just I'm texting it to you right now. All right. My phone's thinking. While my phone's thinking, I'm going to play the next call. All right. Hello, boys. It is Tim. Hope you boys are doing well as my my lovely dog wants to hop in. She might make a run in, too. But um, real quick, I had thoughts. Um, Running across the Internet like uh, like a wildfire is the Prince Nana dance. And I'm curious. Uh, what, yes, what is your top four or your Mount Rushmore of wrestling dances? And, uh, I'll leave it at that. You boys have a good time. Have fun. I look forward to listening to the podcast and the Patreon. Patreon.com slash at odds wrestling. Bye boys. All right, Joe. First things first. What did I send you? 
All right, so I'm not gonna. I'm gonna reserve my remarks, uh, and I would. Well, well, do I reserve my remarks, or do, or do I say, do I comment on the pose that you're doing? Yeah, I don't. I think I don't know what that was. Like, I don't know if I was in the process of doing like a Billy Gun like pose, like uh, like flexing or something, and it was snapped like midway. I do not know. I have. Go on, but yeah, I'm confused. Just as confused as you are. All right. Now I would have to see everybody else's costumes, uh-huh. um, but just based on what you told me of the four people that were dressed up, I would say that yours is definitely the laziest costume. <laughs> well, I can actually show you the best one because apparently the only ones that are still on my phone are me. Obviously, uh, lots of pictures of me. I'm beautiful, and my buddy Sanford, who is mankind. So I just sent that to you. His is by far the most ambitious of the bunch. Now, the picture is not great because, again, this is 25 years ago. uh, But you'll see just based on the picture. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's effort put into that. Uh, Right. uh, I don't have the big boss man or the Xbox on my phone. I might have them somewhere. But uh, I'll post that on Patreon and let people let them be the judge. I was beautiful. (laughs) Now, top top four dances. Yeah. Um, so, oh, number one with a bullet, three count, whatever it is that they do. I don't know what it's called, but they're number one. You're not, you're not going to put Sable's The Grind on your list? Nah, Sable ain't making any of my lists. All right. Um, and we're not doing a shared thing and we're not going to debate <laughs> this. No. I love, uh, Grandmaster Sexay's dance as part of the Too Cool Dance, right? Yeah. The big he does. No, uh, the big no, wiggles up there, but the big wiggles not on my list. Yeah, uh, Dusty Dancing as the common man in the polka dots, right? <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, Slickster Dancing, that's some good dancing, right? Um, and uh, Vince doing the dude love dance. Oh, the, just well, I was gonna say even just the dude love dance in itself. Well, see, that's the thing. You know, yeah, the dude love dance is great, but Vince doing the dude love dance is the best. Uh, the, uh, gobbledygooker and mean gene. If you're looking for a tandem dance, you know, that's a good one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so are you, are you, so you're going, you're, I got my four, you're four, you said, or you got three count, you got big wiggle. Yeah. Mean gene and gooker. And, uh, go ahead. You're going to leave. Go ahead. I want to hear what your number four is so I can tell you how you are wrong. Well, I'm sure I'm leaving something obvious off of it. Uh, like if I had time to research this, do a journalism. I'm not like Mr. Tim and Marcus where I just have this encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling. I'm sure there's like four things right. that I love way more than the three that I just mentioned. Go ahead. Tell me your number four. I, I don't even know if I have a number four. I don't know. Adam, I'm telling you your number four, right? All right, go ahead. There's a moment that happened in every like like every third nitro from November of nineteen ninety. Oh my god! Hold on, hold on. Mister dancing on the on the announce table. Oh my god! Okay, that's one, two, three, and four. Show's canceled. I'm gonna go watch that. <laughs> Adam, what are you doing? You're slipping. Yeah, but I, I don't associate that as, like, it doesn't have a name other than just being, like, the best thing that's ever happened. Like, I, it's not, like, it doesn't, it's not the dude love dance. It's not the big wiggle. It's just, it's just the best person ever dancing on top of a table. And 
I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Yeah, where were we? I'm just thinking about Miss Hancock now. <laughs> All right, next call. Thanks, Tim. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here again. Um, sorry, so AEW, not a good show last night, See? I don't think. I was just kind of, you know, in and out and doing other things. But, man, that ending. I really like that ending. Seeing Switchblade get beat up and who are these masked men? And there's been a lot of speculation online. And I'm like, this could be fun. This could be really fun. Depending how long it goes, depending on the reveal at the end. You know, is MJF under the devil mask? It could be someone else. Who are his accomplices? This could be interesting. Especially with Adam Cole injured. Who knows where, what's going on next year? And ultimately, it does depend on the payoff. So, guys, I'm wondering, what is your favorite wrestling mystery? You know, mysterious attacker, mysterious challenger, someone under mask, whatever. So many of them do not pay off. But which one did for you? What's your favorite mystery? You know, it's not a mystery, though. What we watched this week for the Patreon show, Hidden Strike, starring Jackie Chan and John Cena. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. If anyone wants to read mine, they can check out com. Go ahead and listen to the Patreon. Give Joe and Adam your money. Pay-per-view next weekend, but I'll see you guys again in two weeks, I think, for the next assignment. Bye. Well, thanks again for the plug, sir. Um... See, when he asks your favorite wrestling, like, payoff with a mystery, I, I, I feel like the bad ones are my favorites. <laughs> like, having Vince McMahon be revealed to be the higher power and the person who kidnapped his own daughter, like, that's terrible, but I love it because it's terrible, you know? And that jumps to my front of my mind. So I would say, you know, we talked about a bunch of them, actually, you know, the mystery about Edge and Christian when they first debuted 25 years ago, uh, you know, who hit Austin, uh, that sort of thing. But I'll say this, like, it was it, it wasn't so much that it was a mystery that we all knew because it was a mystery that we all knew, but it was summer into early it was I was summer of 1999 WWE, the countdown to the millennium. Yeah. They would just have the random clock show up of counting down to something, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, after, like, a week or two, I think most of the internet figured out that it was Jericho, and then, like, the cl- like everyone figured out, okay, it's going to be to this Raw, and it's going to be to this moment. So everyone was ready for it, and they, they built it up in a great way, and, you know, Jericho, you know, started what would end up being a hall of fame career. And it was all off of, you know, the story that he tells it was the countdown to the millennium clock that he saw at like the post office. And he's like, what if that was the countdown to someone debuting? Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to be a mystery. It wasn't, but it was still awesome. And that's probably my favorite. Yeah, man. Chris Jericho has just got a great mind for the business. What a good guy. I wish he would, uh, Unfollow or unblock me. <laughs> I, I I agree. He should unfollow you. Now is Jericho <laughs> on Blue Sky? I think you can. I I toyed with the idea of starting a Blue Sky account and only following the people that have me blocked on Twitter. <laughs> I feel like Jericho's more of a truth show social kind of mm. guy. You know? Have you subscribed to his Rumble channel? 
I don't know what that is. That's the that's YouTube for you know for the, Jericho for the yeah for Jericho for people that think like Jericho. Yeah. All right. Interesting. No, I haven't. All right. Thanks, Kevin. All right. It's pink button time. It's Ed. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, I am outside of the parking lot of proud sponsor of Affluent Pen Traveling, The Exchange. And I have uh, made a weekly purchase. Um, so I didn't, I didn't technically lie, right? Because I did buy a search. Uh, because I, that tweet did uh, get the amount that I said I would add them. So I did. I did buy a switch. But so here's my line of thinking, right? One, I bought Pokemon with it, which I Good. only, the only Nintendo systems I've had since 64 all handouts. So um, I just bought the Switch Lite because I just play, like, Pokemon on a handheld anyway. And my other line of thinking is that when I play TEW, I always have, like, YouTube or something going on the TV. So I figure I would most likely end up doing the same where I would just use the Switch as a handheld and watch YouTube while I play games. If I'm going to do that, I'm just going to... It was like $120 cheaper. Like, yeah, I got I got a Switch Lite. And I didn't have to trade Doyle in for it, so that's good. <laughs> um, it was really weird spending money on a thing that's over $100, though, and I did not enjoy it. Uh, but I got that, and I got... Um, I didn't get the new Pokemon game, though, because I still haven't played uh, Sword and Shield. So I just got uh, Shield so I can play that. And then when I finish that, I'll go get Violet, probably. Because uh, I don't really see a point of just getting the new one. I know they're all the same thing, right? But I really wanted to play Sword and Shield. Uh, it was fun. Okay, bye. All right, a couple things. I want to go first on this. Ed, I am number one. I am so proud of you for the amazing Hall of Fame quality Twitter week he's had. I, I was listen. I'm chiming in. Not one, but two tweets in the last seven days that got well over 200 likes. Yeah, he's knocking it out of the park with very little effort. Like it's just almost a second nature to him. And that's not counting. All the people that he trolls that I don't get to see all of the conversation for because they're stupid people that I've muted and blocked years ago. (laughs) Yeah. So I just see Ed having these conversations back and forth. And I'm like, why is all of this not showing up on my timeline? Why Mm. does that that username look familiar? And I'm like, oh, I blocked this person years ago because they're an idiot. Okay, I see what Ed's doing here. Ed, you continue to be one of, if not the only reason that I still have Twitter on my on my phone. So that's right. Uh, kudos to you. Also, kudos to Ed for coming around and becoming a stuff guy and following through and getting a switch. I will not condemn him for getting the switch light uh, because that's what he wants. So I'm just happy that he got it and he followed through on a commitment. And uh, good for you, Ed. Right. There was no thing. There was no caveat that said it has to be the OLED one with the bigger screen or you have to get the special bundle pack where it's like skinned a certain way. He bought a Nintendo Switch. Yep. That's all he said he needed to do. Ed has been looking at one of those. He's wanted one of those for like the last two years. He wanted to play the new Pokemon game when Sword and Shield was the new one. And that's cool, man, because Christmas time is coming. Uh, Scarlet and Violet will be a year old. The price will probably come down a little bit on those. Nintendo games usually don't drop in value because they're always really good like that. But, uh, you know, keep that sword and shield. 
treat yourself Christmas time to get Scarlet Violet, maybe, you know? Uh, But again, Switch is a fun system. Yeah, and I've said it before. uh, They have the Switch that has the screen and can be connected to the TV, and they have the Switch that only has the screen and can't be connected to the TV. When they make one that does not have the screen and can only be hooked to the TV, then I will buy that one and buy all the Mario games. Because I haven't played a Mario game since the Wii. There's a new one coming out next month. See, I need a Switch that doesn't have a screen on it so I can hook it up to my ridiculously large TV in my living room. I don't need a second screen. Fair enough. But one day. But congratulations, Ed. Ed is having, uh, from the outside, you look at Ed and they're like, he is just killing Twitter. He's doing a great job. And maybe someday soon, another episode of Hayabusa? Uh, he, te- he teased it was coming a week ago, and a week has gone by, and it's not out yet. But listen, Hayabusa comes out whenever Hayabusa comes out. Yeah, I mean, genius isn't on a timetable. Exactly. But thanks, Ed. So uh, thanks to everyone who called. Um, if you want to support the show, of course, we mentioned the Patreon before. Patreon.com slash at Odds Wrestling. Sounds right. Uh, you can go to our Public store. 35% off sale is going on now as we speak. Uh, shirts and cell phone covers and all sorts of shit with uh, at Odds, soon to be named Network um inspired things or whatever um you could sign up for jerry's internet wrestling emporium use the promo code at odds uh doesn't get you anything extra but it lets jerry know that you came to him from us and we get a little bit of a kickback if you keep your subscription and again of course make any and all of your ebay purchases through our ebay affiliate links when you click on links to various merchants on the site and make a purchase this can result in the site earning a commission affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to the eBay partner network. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, Joe, Ed's not the only one having a great week this week because all of these podcasts have had a pretty darn good week this week. And those podcasts are long box heroes, long box heroes, after dark, we need wrestling porch talk viewers choice Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hayabusi, and Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. I don't believe you, Marcus. Could you possibly reiterate what you just said? Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. You got me there. You got me there. All right, Joe. I think that's it for the main show. All right. It's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> All the music played this week, and I didn't get to sing anything, Joe. All right. I think I edited out you singing anyway. Aw, you're ruining it. You're ruining it. You're ruining it all. Ah, uh, Joe, uh, I bought a couple things this week. I'm going to just do a, a real quick 
uh, some small ones that I'm going to throw over to you. Um, I don't usually talk about Funkos on the show unless it's a big boy purchase or it's wrestling related. Luckily, this was not a big boy purchase, but I bought the GameStop exclusive uh, Big Boss Man Funko Pop. Oh, okay. I was at a GameStop. I don't. They're not usually in my uh, my doll safari loop anymore, but every once in a while, like I'll, I'll pop into one, and I guess it just came out. So I was like, I'll grab that, you know. Even though we're in the middle of a Funko purge, you always have room for a big boss man, you know. And the other thing I bought is I listened to the card is going to change, and uh, John Thorne was sad on it, so I was like, I should probably buy an AIW hat to so make him a little bit less sad uh so i went on aiwmerch.com and i picked up uh, an aiw dad hat because my only two aiw hats there's one that is based off of the wing uh promotion yeah and i i only bought that because it was the only hat they have and i don't like it so i never wear it uh and i have the pink flat build hat which I like a lot, but I don't wear it a lot because I don't want to get it dirty. So I need to wear a hat or buy a hat that I like, but I can also wear. And that's the one I got. It's like a dark colored uh, hat that I don't have to worry about getting dirty. And uh, just jumped on and decided to support AIW this week. That was uh, very, uh, t- uh, yeah, uh, very, uh, I guess, was it uh, showing your part of the team of you? I try. Yes. Got to support AI dub. But did you buy anything this week, Joe? I did. Um, so it's comic book. Uh, very rarely do I do this to buy, um, you know, because you can really go down the rabbit hole of buying comic books, variant covers, CGC graded things, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. You don't um, want to become me. No, exactly. <laughs> that'd be the worst, that'd be the worst thing it could have in any of us. <laughs> Um, but very rarely, you know, like I'll look at what covers are coming out for the week. And usually I stick to the standard covers for my, and that's the thing I, I buy comic books every week. Right. But I don't yeah. count them in my weekly purchases. Cause that's what my comic book show is for. Right. No, absolutely. And I give the list to another local retailer and he's like, got it, got it. Don't got it. And he'll say like, Oh, this is like the one in 25 variant or the one in 50 or the one in 100 variant, which are like usually the little bit more pricey, the little bit more expensive of the covers. Right. Mm-hmm. So a book that I've been enjoying and that Todd has been enjoying. And I know a lot of other people that read comic books have been enjoying uh, is the current uh, peacemaker tries hard comic book. Absolutely. Uh, great, great fucking book. Right. Written by, f- my friend Kyle Starks and art by Stephen Pugh, who did art on Preacher, amongst many other things. Um, but I've known Kyle for a long time. I've been a fan of his work for a long time. And to see him um, hitting on books at both Marvel and DC at the same time, not including his work at Image and Dark Horse. And he's got stuff coming out in Boom and everything else like that. But Kyle's also a good dude and he's a big wrestling fan, right? And he's a comic book writer, but he's also an artist. Uh, in his own right, and he's a little bit more of a cartoony, comic booky, you know, a little bit more exaggerated style of an artist. Go check out his art. I really love his art style, but it definitely he wouldn't fit this book, I don't think, right? Mm-hmm. But he had announced maybe about two months ago or so that he was doing one of the variant covers for the last issue of Peacemaker Tries Hard that comes out this week. I go to the local store and go, hey, Peacemaker Tries Hard, issue six. I want the Kyle Starks cover, and they say it's not on our order. We can't even order it right oh like what the fuck so i go home and that night and i see kyle tweet out a picture 
of what the uh, cover is going to be. And hang on here. I don't know if you saw it or not. I'm not sure. I might have seen it and not knew what I was seeing, if that right. makes sense. So there okay, it is. I, I saw that. I don't know if you retweeted it or commented yeah, on it or something like that. Okay. So I tweet it, and I'm like, God damn, how do I get this? I tweeted I'm like, how do I get this? And Todd's like, you got to go to this site. You got to order it. And Kyle was shocked to learn that he was like the expensive variant for this, you know? Is it like a, a, a shop exclusive or something no, like that? No, it's just the 1 in 25. But you had ordered online, though? I So I guess our retailer just didn't order it. Oh, okay. I Maybe they just didn't get 25 copies. Well, I think they did because they sell it pretty well. Hmm. But maybe they missed the cutoff for it or whatever it was. Uh, so I had to go through alternative means to get it. And I had to go and pre-order it. And it ends up being like 25 bucks. Right? Okay. Yeah. And that's this is the first time that I've spent more than cover price on a comic book, and I can't remember how long. Okay, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm not the one to talk. I, I buy a lot of variants, but like that. Right. Go ahead. Uh, that's that's really cool. It's kind of, and I've never, I've read some of his books. Like obviously, I love this Peacemaker tries hard series. His art, I don't think I've seen before, and if I did, I didn't know it was his. Uh, it looks very much like a Rick and Morty style. At least on that cover, you know, like the cartoony style to it. Right. And I like it. That looks pretty cool. Yep. Is he? Does he listen to the show? He's a wrestling fan. He's a friend of yours. <laughs> I don't know if he listens to the show or not. I know he'll. Li- I'll, I know he'll listen to the comic book show, but he, I don't know if he listens to this. Well, that's that's. You need to fix that. I'll fix that. I need to have a. I need to have a famous uh, listener other than the boar. You know. <laughs> But no, that's cool. Um, anything else this week? No, that's it. That was my only purchase. All right. So we mentioned maybe last week or the week before about potentially doing a, a one-time Patreon show where we we just reveal what's on our eBay save search list. And the reason I bring that up is I've had something on my eBay save search for for years and years and years and years and years. And I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show because the the target of the save search never, ever, ever, ever comes up. So it was like, what's the point of mentioning it? But I actually got a hit this past week and it was partially because over the last couple months, I've lowered my standards <laughs> and I'll have that make sense in just a second. So there is a card that I've wanted to add to my collection, a football card that I've wanted to add to my collection for probably the better part of 15 years and maybe even longer. And I always had in my eBay save search that I wanted a PSA 10 of this card. And one, I've never seen one. Um, And as I kind of got smarter to the card collecting, like knowledge, I've started to learn that there are just some cards that just don't have tens and just like maybe nine is the best version or whatever. Um, so I had to maybe a year ago, lower my eBay save search to look for a PSA nine of this card. And still, I don't think one ever came up in my save search. Um, I do see occasionally, Oh, a PSA six, a PSA seven, and they're not expensive or whatever. And I'm just like, no, I, I, I don't want to buy one that low. Uh, so I'm not going to do it. Um, and about, 
I don't know when, it was maybe like two, three weeks ago on MajorPod, uh, Brian Myers actually bought this same card. And he mentioned on the show that he pulled up the PSA app and he said, oh, there are only, they only have PSA 9s, there are no higher. Uh, and he mentioned a very low population of the 9s. And I guess, he, like I said, he bought a 7 and he's like, oh, this will just be a good placeholder for me. Um, so, Joe, a couple days ago on eBay, a PSA 9 of this card comes up. And like I said, it was the first time I ever saw one, or at least I noticed. Um, Sent it to our buddy Derek, who does all of our graphics that are too good for me. He said I needed to buy it. Uh, It was a buy it now, and it did not have a best offer. So I clicked add to watch list, and I waited a day, never got an offer. Waited another day, didn't get an offer. And then I said the tweet that if the Steelers won... I would buy that card, and if the Steelers lost, I would buy that card to cheer myself up. So I sent the guy a message, and I said, hey, great card. Uh, You'll probably sell it any day now, but if you want to make a sale right now, I will buy it for X. And he responded to me, sure, no problem. He sent me an offer for it. So I am now the proud owner. I am one of five people on the planet, Joe. Who own a PSA 9, 1986 Canadian Football League, Brian Pillman Sr., Brian Pillman Sr. rookie card. Cool. So that is, uh, it's part of a a CFL set that was, uh, did not get very wide distribution. Obviously, you can't, you couldn't buy it in the United States because nobody gave a shit about the CFL. Um, Still don't, if it exists. I don't know. Does the CFL still exist? I assume. Um. But it, it only had local distribution in Canada. I believe it was sold in like box sets of like the complete league. Like you didn't buy it in packs. Uh, and it also had a black border on it, which is very, very hard to grade, which is why there are no tens because uh, black borders chip harder. Um, but like I said, I've wanted this. I don't want to say since the loose cannon days, but probably not far off of it because I was collecting cards back then. Uh, and like I said, the fact that there's only five PSA nines, uh, I had to jump on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, um, you know, obviously glad that you got in on this before Brian Pillman Jr. becomes the biggest star in professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I saw the vignette. It showed a, a clip of him playing for the Bengals special team. So Right. And I, like when you were saying that Brian like just got a seven as a placeholder. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. I, I like well, as soon as you said that, I'm like, okay, I know who you're talking about, but I'm not going to step on you. Yeah. Um, did you post it in the group that you got the nine? Or uh, I don't physically have it yet. Gotcha. Uh, but a guy, I was in order to like kind of just mention it for this story. I wasn't sure what grade Brian got. I knew he didn't get a nine. Uh, so I went back to like last week's episode and just went to weekly purchases and I couldn't find it. So I just messaged him and I was like, hey you know, blah, 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 which, you know, do you know what PSA you got? And he's like, I think it was a seven. And, uh, I said, Oh, I got this. And he's like, Oh damn it. I was watching that. So, <laughs> um, so it's cool that like, uh, if I ever have hard times, I can flip it to Myers, you know, but yeah, uh, I was going to say, ne- like, listen, next time that you help Brian out one time, <laughs> two times, <laughs> Maybe a third time with the Brian Billman card. Maybe he'll remember your name. 
Yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, we're not, I'm, me and Brian aren't tight like I am with Broski, you know? Yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, that's the only thing I bought. Like, that's obviously the hat and the Funkos, you know, small purchases. But like, yeah. that was a, that was a big boy purchase, but it wasn't an impulse purchase. I wanted it for a long time. Yeah, that's a cool one, though. But that's all I got. All right. Well, that's all I got, too. Listen. Hey, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this was episode 261 of At Odds with Wrestling. Uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.